0: You go sell you. And it's just a yeah. different mind switch. If you do a good job for people and just give them great service, then they're going to remember you.
1: Welcome to the Consistent and Predictable Income Community Podcast. The CPI methodology is the only system that teaches the proprietary process of CPI, which is the key to having consistent and predictable income for salespeople without letting time, money, and relationships fall through the cracks.
2: CEO Chris Bentley is an award-winning Dallas broker at Bentley Fine Properties. In this episode, Chris shared tips on finding a great lead source like a top producer and few secrets to become an award-winning broker. My name is Dan Roshan. I'm the host of the CPI Podcast, which is a real estate show designed to help top producing agents leverage and scale your business allowing you to earn more money and less time for seasoned agents to help you get to the next level of stable income and for new agents to help you find the right way to freedom and money so that each of you can reach your potential as a person and as a real estate agent, which means you'll have certainty in your future. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy the show. I'm joined with Chris Bentley who is a real estate broker in Dallas, really elite business owner in the Texas area and written multiple books and is really just a high-minded thought leader. And so tell us a little bit about yourself. What is a little bit about your experience? Good.
0: Uh, sure. I mean, myself, I've been doing real estate for almost 17 years in multiple different states. Been here in Texas for over seven years now. We're going on seven years. So it's crazy. I'm also a business owner in terms of not only my brokerage, but I do capital management, kind of like on the side for some affluential folks. And then I do Amazon. I do an FBA business. And that's just kind of how I got into kind of like flipping. A friend of mine did it and he's making $150,000 a year. And then me and him had like a little bit of a competition, like who could sell more. So it's just kind of a fun thing, but very
2: entrepreneurial, very business owner. I love it. Tell me more about that if you could like tell us what specifically are you doing?
0: In terms of like Amazon. Amazon, Amazon stuff, uh, I just yeah. flip stuff. So it's like it's wholesaling. It's called FBA fulfilled by yeah. Amazon. So the lowest of the low is basically taking your phone and like just shopping at Walmart um, or any other place. But when you get higher in the ranks, you can like buy from wholesalers and then Shipped to Amazon and you know, anything that you buy, let's say, like, you want to buy a tube of toothpaste, chances are you're probably going to be buying it from me.
2: Got it. And so, you said multiple states, real estate. And so, where did you start? Bring us back to the beginning, if you could.
0: Sure. The way, 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 way back. Yeah, I was in school. I got into doing financial services. So, I was selling life insurance, you know, retirement funds. And then I met a guy, or actually, my boss met a guy that was just killing it in real estate and he was like, hey I want you to go out and you know learn real estate at the time we were doing loan origination. So you know back then it was a different time you could do real estate and loans at the same time and sure. uh, that guy would just you know basically taught me the ropes, which I'm really grateful for and he's still killing it. You know, he's still doing a lot of volume. I, I follow him on Instagram and I, I learned the tricks of the trade and then I got started. And then, you know, it was pretty much downhill from there. I just started selling stuff and had a lot of success with it. And that was the Maryland, DC, Virginia area where I started out from. And then I moved here to Texas. I actually followed a girl out here. And then, yeah, so then I was like, well, after I didn't really do anything for the first year. And then after that, I got my license and just started selling.
2: Where in DC were you or Northern Virginia?
0: Uh, I was in Chevy Chase. That's where I grew up. Chevy Chase, Maryland. So, to the listeners, like everything over there in that particular area is very close knit. So, you know, you can go over the border within five minutes to Virginia or D.C.
2: Yeah. So, are you still with the girl? No,
0: no. (laughs) (laughs) So, that didn't
2: work out. (laughs) But we're still friends. So, it's cool.
0: Uh, Good for
2: you. So what was the biggest difference between real estate in Virginia, Maryland, DC area versus Texas?
0: Uh, Just the forms, honestly. I mean, the people are the same. Actually, people are really nice here. The forms are different. Like with the forms in DC, Maryland, Virginia area, it's more based off of different, like, you know, you have a contingency on home inspection, contingency on, you know, whatever, how many different contingencies you want. And eventually you get to a point where it's just like a big thick book of contingencies versus Texas, it's you have an option period and you can yeah. opt out within a certain amount of time. So uh, it's just a little bit different, but the
2: same idea for the most part. So tell us about like, let's start it in Maryland first. And how did you get business at that time? And then I'm going to go to Texas next. So like at the very beginning, like day one. At that time the
0: market was super hot and it still hot right now, but uh, super hot with mortgage loans in terms of uh, the rates were going down. People were looking to refinance. So I was getting a lot of refinance traction, and then I was closing some deals during refinance. And then, of course, I had the financial services, so I was out still selling life insurance. And so I just became like a trusted advisor. So people were like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Like, he's a good dude. He helped me you know, refinance or purchase a life insurance policy. He's also doing real estate. It didn't really help me in the sense of like being a Swiss army knife. That wasn't very good. Yeah but it just helped me in terms of like a lot of warm market stuff because people would be like, Oh, word of mouth. Yeah. He's good. Texas was tougher. I didn't know anybody from Texas besides that girl. And I probably knew about you know four of her friends. Uh, yeah. So I had to meet a lot of people and I started doing a lot of networking. Hold on. Cause it's interesting For, because it's a different
2: market, right? Yeah. So like completely. Aspect, right. So
0: what year was it? Uh, so moving out here. So that was, uh, what, seven years from now, so
2: 2013. Here. 2013, okay, got it. All right, so the market started recovering, but it didn't shoot up like it has from 13 to now.
0: Yeah, I mean, Dallas is a different market. You okay. know, a lot of people uh, are moving here, you know, now, let's talk about now
2: because, you know, of
0: COVID and of, you know, taxes and, you know, the whole liberal thing and all kinds of other stuff going on. Right. But back then people were still kind of moving here because there's no taxes here in the state of Texas and it's very like business friendly. So uh, headquarters were moving out here and people were relocating from wherever they were before out here. So people were still moving. And just for me in the Texas area, it was very different because it's a good old boy network. You know, a lot of people, you know, went to school with somebody or they played football with someone or their, you know, their parents or parents of, you know, their child that played sports. So it's tough, you know, it's tough beating somebody's family member. Um, there's over 66,000 people that are licensed in the state or just in the Dallas, Fort Worth area. So oh my goodness. A, lo- a lot of competition. So I had to stand out and I just started going to networking events and just started meeting people, and it was kind of a sickness. Like I went just about every night. People were like, you know, if I if somebody didn't see me, then they were like, what happened to him? Cause it was just like, it was so normal for me to be there. And it got to the point where I just kind of gained everybody's trust because they're like, oh, like he's the, the real estate guy. And then I kind of backed it up with a lot of stuff on social media. So I kind of like proofed myself by having, you know, a lot of listings, a lot of different stuff, show up on social media, a lot of videos, uh, back when videos started. So people were like, "Oh, like I know that guy." Like it was just a lot of brand recognition, so that helped me out a lot. What type of networking
2: events did you guys hit?
0: Pretty much anything, but it was mostly like business networking. You know, okay. I didn't go into anything like basket weaving or stuff like that. Uh, it was just mostly like <laughs> happy hours for a business owners, stuff like that. Because you know, I was a business owner, so I could relate to people. It's just different. You can do stuff like. Back then, meetup groups were really hot. So you could get into like a meetup group that, let's say, like, I don't know, microbrew, right? Microbrew beers. So you can go out and have a couple of beers with some people. And, you know, just one thing leads to another.
2: Like, hey, what do you do? And I was like, oh, I sell real estate, you know, and then kind of snowballs naturally. How long did that take landing in Dallas? You started networking like on day one, I'm assuming, like pretty close to almost the beginning.
0: Yeah, I mean I didn't have the business running, but I was networking because I didn't I didn't know anybody yeah. and I didn't really like the girl's friends that she was hanging out with, so I needed to meet my own friends. So Okay. I just started going out and you know, like people were just like us, you know, everybody's the same. So a lot of people yeah, yeah. were moving out here, a lot of people were new to the area. So I'm like, Well, I'm new too. Like, do you want to hang out? And like, yeah, let's go do it. And before you know it, like you just got people hanging out with you. All right. How long did that take you before you turned a relationship into business? A while, like probably two years. I'm probably like maybe glossing over a couple of deals, but really started picking up some traction like two years later.
2: So you had deals in the first two years, but it was pretty sporadic, is the way I'm understanding. Yeah.
0: I mean, I wouldn't,
2: you know, quit my job over it kind of
0: deal. Like it was just kind of like, here, like, see if you can sell this or like, this is a really tough deal. I hope you can do it, you know, and nothing until really the second year before everything kind of like
2: came together and started snowballing. I recently wrote the book, Real Estate Evolution, The 10-Step Guide to CPI, Consistent and Predictable Income for Real Estate Agents. I wrote this book because I have sold real estate since 2007 and developed an immense amount of experience and knowledge. During my journey, I've witnessed hundreds and maybe even thousands of real estate agents fail in this business, and I firmly believe that that's a shame. In Real Estate Evolution, I will show you the exact steps that I have used as a real estate salesperson to sell one to 15 homes every single month for the past 129 consecutive months. It took me more than two decades to learn the sales and persuasion techniques and more than one decade to master the real estate sales techniques to be able to produce the content that makes up this book. And it took me more than a year to write at a pace of three hours every single day. If you're a real estate agent and you're looking for consistent and predictable income in your business, I invite you to get the book real estate evolution. And you can get that by visiting www.therealestateevolution.com. And I'll even give it to you for free. As long as you pay for the postage. Okay. And that makes about sense because any long-term strategy And networking is a long term strategy. Typically, it's going to take 18 months. And so that's one of the things that when I'm coaching, I'm like, uh, I suggest to do a short term strategy and a long term strategy, because through time, the long term strategy is going to be more reliable and it's going to be easier business. Yet you still have to eat today. Would you agree with that philosophy?
0: Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, the thing is, like when you start out, unless you're working with a big bank account or you have like a spouse supporting you, like you have no money, right. Or you have a job kind of like paying the bills and trying to do some stuff. So you can't be like, Oh, I'm going to go out and buy, you know, $20,000 a month in leads, online leads. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So you're like, okay, well I kind of have to eat crow and like kind of, you know, do the toe and heel and like go walk some doors and like go meet some people and shake some hands and kiss some babies. Right. So like you got to do whatever you can do to do free stuff. And that's why, Social media kind of backing that up
2: really helped me. I'm assuming that maybe today it may be different. At that time, I would think that maybe the networking was your primary lead generator once it started working and the social media was actually like a credibility builder. Exactly. So it's, you got the business here, but then you were legitimate because of your online presence yep exactly now has that changed from then to now because it, it may have i mean
0: i've been pounding the media social media for so long that like a lot yeah. of people you know i tell the new agents that I have coming in like it's great that you have this you know pipeline right now but at some point the pipeline's going to dry up because you've sold to everybody that you possibly know so yeah. you're going to have to figure out some other way to get business whether it's you know, boosting social media ads, whether it's online leads, whether it's whatever you want to do, mailers, you know, I'm just using different stuff, but just anything that captures some cold market because everybody knows that that's what you do. Like, but they're just, they're not in the market to buy a house or sell a house. So you're going to have to find somebody that is.
2: Yeah. So it's expanding your business through brand recognition. And really what you just explained was sort of the process of going from prospecting to marketing where prospecting costs you time and that's relationship and then marketing is when you start leveraging and scaling and investing money into the awareness.
0: Exactly. So tell us about your business today. Pretty crazy. We're a brokerage just started in January this year. I got three agents so far, and I got a bunch of them taking their tests, which is great. It's a lot of labor of love. I love every second of it. There's some interesting times. We do a lot of online leads, so you meet a lot of interesting people. But it's a lot of fun. Like I love it. I love every second of it. I think the biggest hurdle that I've had to overcome is that me loving it as much as I do doesn't mean that everybody else on my team loves it as much. So I have to kind of tamper down my expectations, not so much on like the selling side, but on the excitement side.
2: The excitement side. All right. And so the three agents that you work with in your brokerage, did you know them before or are these new relationships?
0: Two of them I knew before. One guy, I actually trained him last year when I was with another brokerage and he got his license. I kind of showed him the ropes just like I did. And then the other person I knew a while back and she decided to come with me. And then the last hire that I have is just new, like I never met her before. She was switching out of her brokerage and had a need. She's bilingual. So I had yeah. a need for somebody that could speak Spanish to sure. Spanish speaking clients. So she was like a great fit and she needed some, some tutoring, and some coaching. So uh, it paid off for both parties. So it's really
2: great. Like we have a great relationship with everybody. It's a bit like a big family, honestly. That's fantastic. So were they new to the business? It seemed like maybe a couple years in the business. Is that accurate?
0: The guy was a year, Nick, and then Carrie, which is uh, the lady that I knew. Uh, She's been in the business for probably like two or three years. But she worked more like an associate producer. So it would be like, okay, like we're going to go do this appointment and then you fill out the paperwork or like, okay, you have an appointment, I'll go with you, which wasn't, it was really like kind of stunning our growth versus just being like, you're a real estate agent, like you figure it out, you know, like your salesperson, you go sell you. And that was something that I think a lot of agents don't really get the chance to like get that. Is like, okay, like you've passed your test. Like, you know what you're doing. You know what a form is. Like, just go out and sell. And then once, like, she, you know, got that through, it's like, oh, like, there's no more handicap. There's no governor. Like, I could just run. I'm like, yeah, like, go do it. Then it's just like off to the races. How has
2: the pandemic impacted your business?
0: Uh, it's actually been great. So, the pandemic hit, and everybody was pretty much locked up in their houses, and there's very little inventory during that time. I don't really blame people because you know I wouldn't want people like trudging through my house, right? So, for me, I mean, people are still looking for houses, still high demand, people are still moving here. It was like a feeding frenzy. So I was one of the, I guess, few that just went out and showed houses and didn't care. So a lot of people were just agents that I've talked to and interviewed. Like they just sat in their house and they refused to go out. And I was like, I don't, you know, I got to eat. So off we go. So, yeah, I just picked up a lot of business that way.
2: Yeah, I believe that this is going to be an opportunity for the professionals such as you and I to gain market share particularly you know the economy may be moving in a down well it is going to move in a downward direction it just is predictable and as that happens i think you're going to see a lot of agents leave the business interestingly enough i've seen a lot of agents coming into the business over the last few months which i hadn't considered that before that happened but it makes perfect sense because they're at this point sitting at home, like, Oh, I'll go get a real estate license. And, you know, not realizing what they're actually signing up for. Yeah. That's,
0: that's what I experienced too. I mean, a lot of my friends are like, Hey, I like, I see you're closing some deals, you know, through Facebook and you know, I see your photos everywhere on Instagram. Like, yeah. Do you think I should get a license? I'm like, you know, if you want to sell like seven days a week and answer the phone all day long, like, that's up to you. And they're like, well, I'm not doing anything anyway. I'm like, all right, well, you know, have at it. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, everybody's excited because, you know, they see something on TV or, you know, they see yeah. something and they, you know, it's like, uh, I listen to a lot of David Goggins stuff and he talks about like, you know, seeing some badasses on Discovery for uh, Navy SEAL Hell Week. And they're like, I can do that. And then they, you know, go out on the beach in the cold and, get sand all over them. They're like, I don't really want to do this anymore. (laughs) Yeah, I have no delusions about my ability to do that.
2: Even if I could do it, I don't want to do it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, it's going to be fun. I definitely think the economy is definitely going to make a change and let something happen.
2: All right. So you've got the brokerage, three agents. And what's your vision for the brokerage? Where are you going?
0: Top three in Dallas.
2: Okay. What will it take to do that? A lot more people. <laughs>
0: okay. I'm working towards it. We're good. We're on track.
2: Do you have uh, uh, an idea of how many more people it will take?
0: Uh, I'm trying to get 25 for this year. I figure if I can duplicate that next year, it's going to be a tree, a tree branch effect. Sure. The problem I have with it is that I would rather have fantastic customer experience or client experience versus an experience where they get lost in the mix or even if it's an agent getting lost in the mix as well. Like, I just don't want the sign up agents and then they're just a number and I hope they survive. Like I want it to be like a a big family kind of situation where like they know what's expected. They can contact me anytime. They know what it's like to be around me. You know, it just, they know what they're doing. Like I have full confidence and then they have full
2: confidence in me.
0: I just think if I get super big, it'll be too many levels and I don't want
2: that. Okay. How are you attracting those agents to you at this time?
0: Uh, a lot of us through social media and social proof, and those are like friends. Um, I reach out through different like job posting ads that people put up for just employment. You know, people looking for jobs or part time stuff. I don't hire any part time people, but it's just a kind of a good way to talk to some folks about the you know, possibility of getting their license or
2: switching brokerages. What's been the What's been the the biggest thing that you've learned? throughout the year experience even to going back to Maryland what's been the biggest thing even going back to Chevy Chase like what have you learned that would be the biggest impact in your life or business
0: and the biggest thing that changed me from like an average agent or above average agent was leads leads coming in people to call or people calling you and that was the toughest hurdle that I could have like figure out. And the way that I figured it out was that one year, I just didn't spend any money on anything stupid. All the money that I made in real estate, I just kept in my pocket. I made money like doing other stuff like Amazon or like through capital and trading stock. So I was good. I survived. And then the next year I had money to buy online leads and then that kind of snowballed because then I just kept putting more money into it and I kept saving more money. And I got to the point where it just kind of snowballed and people were taking notice. And that's kind of how I'm right here, you know, like where I'm at. So that's the biggest thing, honestly.
2: So the lesson to learn there is to save money first before you get into marketing. Absolutely. Yeah. And so you're still doing paid leads today?
0: Yeah, I'm doing a lot of different stuff. I'm not doing as much Amazon, but you know a lot of online marketing a lot of online leads i don't really have time to go out and do networking even if we did have networking events to go to yeah Um, i I just don't have the time i mean i got people calling me and it's like how am i gonna sit in a room with a bunch of people for like an hour i can't do that like i got leads coming in i got agents that want questions answered i got stuff coming on so it just it's a different level you know and then you know next year you might check me out i might be doing something different on a different level so just that's just kind of how it is if you manage your money correctly and kind of put it in the right way. What leads
2: source are you? Zillow or what do you get realtor.com or where are you getting the leads from?
0: Yeah. The normal, like online stuff. I'm probably going to venture into some of the Facebook stuff because I have some people getting some success with that. Yeah, But yeah, I just kind of stick to what works and, you know, just people calling you or people that want your services, what works. And then of course you're going to get referrals from that. You're going to get people that seeing your stuff being sold and they're, you know, it just kind of snowballs. But You got to always like keep in mind like the beginning, which was, you know, you had nobody to talk to and now you're starting to have some people to talk to. So now like invest more money into what's working.
2: You already know, 87% of all real estate agents fail in this business. And you also know it doesn't have to be that way. If you're a real estate agent and you're looking for consistent and predictable income, I invite for you to get your free copy of Real Estate Evolution, the 10-step guide to CPI, consistent and predictable income for real estate agents. And you can do so when you visit www.therealestateevolution.com. I'll share with you your book that I authored to show you the way. And it's free. You just have to pay for the shipping. Thanks. So starting a brokerage, How's that been different than an agent within a brokerage? Well, outside of just like, you know, you being
0: the boss hundred percent, you're able to be more flexible. So that helps in terms of commission. And then, of course, um, you know, you can do a lot more stuff. Like if you want to run marketing the way you want to run it, you don't have to run it by your broker. If you want to do, you know, whatever. Like I don't have meetings like I have a once a week or I'm sorry, once a month lunch with everybody at the brokerage and you know we could talk about stuff but i don't have meetings i so just caught you know like there's no point in training you on how to do land deals or commercial deals if you have nobody that's a you know prospect for that stuff so why don't we just focus on like actually making sales and making you money and closing deals and then you'll be happy because you're making money and then we can like you know it kind of has like a snowball effect when you start closing deals so i don't do a whole lot of meeting stuff like i just you know i touch base with everybody usually like once to every three days just to kind of see where everybody's at
2: but yeah it's just you get to make your own rules and do your own thing which is great so have you had challenges like specific challenges to the brokerage not not the industry
0: not really knock on wood the only real stuff is just kind of personal growth stuff like realizing certain things and kind of seeing how people operate one of the biggest things i'm trying to get everybody to understand is that there's no cap like there's no cap with us so you can go out and sell 25 million you can go out and sell 50 million there's no nothing stopping you like nothing and like it's really tough i remember like thinking like oh man like is a lot like oh man like five million is like you know three times that hurdle and i'm like guys it's not that Once you get past like a certain level, you're like, oh, that was two million. Okay, well, if that was two million, then you know, all I need to do is close it's like two deals or three deals a month to get two. Now I just need to close six minute deals to get four. You know, like it just starts kind of like your mind changes. And once you get that change, it's not as like sporadic. Like I got a deal here, and then two months later, I got another deal. It's not that way. It's like, oh, like now I know every single month if I want to get four deals or if I want to get a certain income then I got to close X amount of deals. So how am I going to
2: get those X amount of deals? And it's just a yeah. different mind switch. So that's where you get the consistency. So what I'm curious about is that you described like sort of different levels of the business. And what I've learned is that in different levels of the business, it takes different skills and different knowledge. And so if you were to sit there and say, uh, you know, maybe an agent that's looking for the right way to do business, that newer agent, versus a season agent that maybe had the best month of their life, and they're not certain if they can continue that. And the top producer who might be frustrated that they're not able to participate in the life that they're creating. What do you see if we broke those down of each one of them in regards to like, what would your one thing be? What would your priority be if you're that new agent but know how to do the right thing? What would you describe that as?
0: I mean, doing the right thing is doing the right thing. I mean, I always, you know, I always, try to give the customer a great experience and make it a smooth transaction. Now, not every transaction is going to be smooth and everybody understands that. But if you do a good job for people and, you know, not rip people off or not, you know, try to make as much money as you can off every single deal and just give them great service, then they're going to remember you and then they're going to tell other people about you. Um, How would you describe great service? Answering their calls, answering their emails within a timely manner, you know, texting with them every single day if you need to, you know, if you need to go to the house five times to like let people in for different stuff, just things that people would normally expect. I find that a lot of agents just don't do, like just answering their calls in a timely manner or like, you know, if you're going to disappear for a while, like just tell them you're going to disappear for a while. Like people are human. Like we all have stuff going on. So if I were to say, hey, like, I'm busy, I'm about to go into a closing, but I'll call you back and I call them back within, you know, after the closing, then like, I'm a man of my word or a woman of my word, right? So it's just like, it's just the really small minor stuff like that. But
2: all that stuff builds up credibility.
0: What about a season agent? What's
2: different of what a season agent would have to focus on versus that new agent?
0: Time management, 100%. A Season agent, even myself, I mean, like I operate from seven to 11, like, so I, you can reach me via phone, email, text from seven eleven. But in between that time, like I' Hold have on. First, seven AM to eleven PM. PM. Okay. Yeah. So, you so re- you're
2: working all day long.
0: I can work seven days a week, you can reach me. But I think the issue is just time management because, you know, you're answering leads. You're If you have a team, then you have a team and they have questions and then you have your own deals and then you have leads coming in that you need to delegate to other people because you can't cover it. And then you got referrals coming in or you have repeat buyers coming in. So, you know, like if I have a, a repeat customer, they expect me to go do the showings and I expect you know, some agent of mine to go to the showing. So you have to go do that stuff. So that means that any kind of new business that comes in, I have to give that out. So it's just a lot of like time management. So I have to say to myself, okay, well, if I want to get a workout in, I have to do it at this time. If I want to eat lunch, I'm available at this time to eat lunch. If I want to go, you know, hang out and do something with some friends or something, like I'm only allowed to do that at this time and I can stay out about this long. And that's just me. I mean, maybe somebody does something different, but that's the biggest challenge for me is just time management because i mean there's some days where like i'm getting ready like the other day like i'm getting ready to go to a closing and i'm running late but yet you know four clients call me and i have a lead to answer you know i'm just like ah you know like you're just like "Uh, there's so much going on at once and like in the meantime we're like trying to close the deal so it can be a lot all at once and i think a lot of uh, seasoned agents know that and then you know it's just a matter of If they want to get to another level above that, where they just run a bigger team or they can take a step back and just push out leads. You know, it just depends on them. Me, I want to do it all. But for me, I have to do a
2: lot of time management. So that's going to change my third question, because the third question was a top producer that might be working 18 hours a day and might be frustrated that they can't participate in some other activities, which would describe what I just heard you say. Yeah, a little bit. That's going to be my next level. So hold on. So what are you going to do or do you want to, you know, do less hours? know, what's your strategy to be able to change that? That if you do have a strategy. I'm hiring an assistant. Okay. So she's going to
0: be licensed and she can do stuff. So what's going to work out pretty well. I haven't really formulated it all in my head, but ideally she'll be able to just kind of turn on a computer and sit there and then I can call her and be like, "Hey, you know, write up an offer for you know, 350,000 close in 30 days, you know, X amount, earnest money, X amount, you know, this, this, and this, and she can write that and then tell her to send it to this particular person while I'm on the road. So by the time I get back to the office or whatever, like that'll be signed, I could submit it and good to go and I can do some other stuff. So that's going to be the next level for me because right now, even with three people, like some days I'm just crushed. So if I had that extra level of support, that'd be great so you're an author i am
2: and you've written a few books four four books (laughs) what caused you to want to write what how'd you get into that
0: it was kind of what a couple years ago and you know ebooks was kind of like a hot thing and people were coming out as you know like the grant cardones and those guys were starting to come out with ebooks and having some success and i was like well you know like i have a vast amount of knowledge in my head why don't i just put it to paper and the first book you know, like I try to help people out in terms of like writing a new book and like giving them some pointers because for me it was like, you know, scaling a thousand foot wall. Like how do I write a book? And the easiest thing to do is just kind of get started. And that's the hardest part for people is just like, just start writing, like write whatever, because you can always cut it out. So write some stuff and then, you know, keep writing. And then at the end, like if it sucks, you just cut it out. But yeah, I just decided like, Hey, I'm going to start writing and Uh, that kind of took off. Some people were like, kind of really noticed that. And I started kind of handing them out to clients and they really noticed that. And then that kind of just really social me for, you know, an expert in real estate.
2: So if you have a favorite from the four books or rather better said, which of the four books do you think would make the greatest impact on somebody that's watching or listening today?
0: Uh, If you want to grab my latest book, which is a networking book, I think that'll really help out. I know we're not really doing networking right now, but You'll kind of understand like how to be a really good networker and like understand conversations and understanding. I kind of really break it down and not have like such an overview. It's all the stuff that I was really successful in, like setting up a meetup group or setting up a Facebook group, how to admin that, how to set up uh, networking events, how to like work the room. So a lot of that stuff is really beneficial for somebody that is like a business owner or just somebody that's getting started and wants to meet some people. I think that would really help out. What's the title of that book? Uh, Extreme Networking.
2: Extreme. And where can somebody get that?
0: Uh, You can get it on my site, which is christybentley.com. It's on Amazon. All my books are on Amazon. Um, You can also ask me really nicely, just refer or just reference the show and I'll give
2: you a copy for free. All right. So how can somebody get in touch with you if they want to get a copy for free or if they want to refer somebody to Dallas, Texas that they know is going to take great care of their referrals?
0: Um, social media is real easy. You know, it's Chris D as in danger, Bentley dot for the handle for Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. It's all the same. I don't do Snapchat. I don't do TikTok. Oh, you can send me an email, you know, go through my website and send me an email. But yeah, I'm pretty accessible. You can reach me. I got a couple pages
2: of Google already. So pretty available. You can be found (laughs) then. Yeah. (laughs) All right, Chris. Thanks so much for joining me today. I really enjoyed our conversation and sharing your wisdom is going to make a difference for the people that are watching right now. And I really appreciate you.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on the show.
1: Hate the feeling of missing out and not knowing where to start? Aside from grabbing a copy of the Real Estate Evolution, the 10-step guide to CPI, we also encourage you to join our ever-growing group, the consistent and predictable income community. Apply for a membership at the Consistent and Predictable Income Community on Facebook and visit us at thecpicommunity.com online to listen to our previous superstar interviews.
2: This is Mitch Steven. You know, I had the pleasure of meeting and interviewing Dan Rochon. Dan is a top team leader in the D.C. area with Keller Williams. And he breaks down his journey. He's somebody that, you know, struggled for the first six months, like so many real estate agents do, and then something clicked.
1: He helped me tremendously, specifically with creating systems in place.
2: It's very important to have a process in place that works, not just for you, but for also the client. If you are still listening, it is because you align with the CPI community. That means that you love to learn. You are ambitious, qualified, smart, and professional. Mostly, you understand that you're in charge to design your life. If you do not want to wait until next week's show is posted, I invite you right now to visit www.TheCPICommunity.com, which is the official website of The CPI Community. There you'll have access to eavesdrop on past conversations I've had with the top salespeople, business owners, and entrepreneurs. The content is free, and there is no opt-in. If you really want to hit the ground running, I encourage you to apply on the homepage of the thecpicommunity.com to become CPI certified. It is a compensated service, and those that have become certified have reported back that they have more than tripled their business sales and done so in 20% less time. The CPI certification is a part of the CPI curriculum, which is the blueprint where you will learn the proprietary process of CPI which is the key to having consistent and predictable income for salespeople without letting time, money, and relationships fall through the cracks. Lastly, I invite for you to share this podcast with others who are competitive, love to learn, assertive, relationship-based, self-starters, just like you, so they can also benefit. And please leave us a rating or a review and subscribe now so that you'll be notified of the next show. Thank you again. I'll see you on the next show to your success if you're a real estate agent and you're located outside of the washington dc area and you have a client that wants to buy a home sell a home or invest in real estate in the northern virginia washington dc maryland area consider to refer to me i promise that when you do so we'll treat them like gold update you throughout the process and most importantly we will make you look good and We'll pay you a nice referral fee. If you're a real estate agent in the Northern Virginia, Maryland, or Washington, D.C. area, and you're seeking certainty and predictability in your business, contact me now. I'd love to be able to set up a conversation to show you how we can help you to close transactions every single month of the year. Just imagine January, February, March, April, May, every month of the year, that you have income coming into your pocket to help you and your family. Hit me up on social media or email me, dan at greetingsvirginia.com. Love to set up a time to chat.